And welcome, folks, to another edition of Desperately Seeking Entertainment. I'm your host, Chris Peterson. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you, sir? What's up, Chris? What's up, people around the internet? I've been crushing media, crushing internets, crushing Mm -hmm. just tons of stuff to report back to you. Like, there's people, you know, some coworkers, some people I just know personally, they're like, how do you have time? How do you have time (laughs) to consume all this? You have a job. You have a kid. And I'm just like, it's my job, sir, for the podcast. (laughs) I mean, clearly, like, mine is an indictment of my quality as a father and a husband. But, like, I get, you know, on your end, I I get it. Like, (laughs) that's what we're all about. Um, Ben, it's been a couple weeks since we we did an episode. And, I'm, you know, I'm glad, you know, obviously I'd like to be doing these more frequently. But I'm also glad that we get these, like, little breaks because then it just makes us consume more things. And we're bringing more to the table for the listeners and I, and this week is no exception. I've got some phenomenal stuff. I know you've got some phenomenal stuff, but for the listeners, this, if this is your first time, what Ben and I like to do is basically consume all things entertainment, whatever it is, films, movies, or <laughs> films or movies, TV, you know, sports, reading, gaming, whatever Theater, it may be, anything, music, any media, anything, any media, anything that yeah. entertains you, that gets your blood going. Yeah, we do it. And what we like to do is bring three, four, five, however many stories that we've noticed or cool things that we've watched or consumed uh, to the table on this podcast. But I have no idea what Ben has on his agenda for me, and he has no idea what's written down on my sheet. So uh, it is a spontaneous, genuine reaction conversation. Nothing's pre-planned. That's what we're all about here. So I'm really looking forward to it, man. Um, Let's get into it. Why don't you kick things off, my friend? What do you got this week? All right. So first of all, something that's going on is we finally have sports back, Chris, right? We have the NHL playoffs we got the nba going but the big story for me and if you've seen my internet posts and stuff is i've been watching a ton of baseball baseball is back it's a real season the socks are kicking ass Raphael devers is just hitting a fastball at an alarming rate he has like the fastest hit like home runs like ever like he's in the top five four times it's crazy and you know and he's hitting a ton the socks are kicking ass we just swept the yankees last weekend it was <laughs> awesome we Love just it. demoralized them i think we scored six <clears throat> runs in the first inning or something crazy it was it was nuts but chris the reason why i bring up baseball is i bought a jersey that wasn't a red Sox jersey what first time <clears throat> and that jersey i am all on the Shohei Otani bus, sir. I feel like we are watching history. Right now, history is being made in front of our faces. This has not happened in a hundred years. Someone playing at this level, both sides of uh, on the mound and the plate, just crazy, crushing it. Let me just let me just read you these stats, Chris. Okay, and and if you guys want to go on YouTube, because that's part of the, my YouTubing at the end is the YouTubing compilations, uh, like. He is on this tear this week. He hit six home runs and pitched six shutout innings mm-hmm. or so, something crazy. It's the first time that's ever, ever happened. Baby Ruth never <laughs> hit that. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy stats. So right now, as it stands, as we've been speaking, Chris, he actually just hit another home run off the Yankees. <laughs> so that is his 25th home run, I believe. Uh, yeah. 25th home run. So t- 52 runs. 25 home runs, 59 RBIs, 11 stolen bases, and he's batting a 277. Pitching, he's three and one, 82 strikeouts, 2.58 ERA. Wow. Um, yesterday he hit a triple, a home run, and then uh, 
a triple, a double, a home run, and stole a base yesterday. <laughs> Just the guy is Holy. a one-man wrecking crew. He's pitching against the Yankees on Wednesday at 7. I'm going out. You know me. I never watch the freaking Yankees game, but I want to see this guy wail on him on the mound and hit on them. So, Chris, are you getting excited? What What's your What's your thoughts on Shohei Otani? Am I going nuts? Am I a sellout for getting this jersey? What's going on? Just leave well, right. I mean... <laughs> I mean, you did go a step too far buying the jersey. I don't oh. think I could ever, you know. I don't get me wrong. Growing up, I loved the likes of Juan Gonzalez and Ken Griffey Jr. Obviously, and all those guys. But you know, I'm not going to go out and buy their jersey. I can't. I can't do that to my socks. But um, I get it, though. I get it. I mean, this guy is, you know, you know what's weird, and I, I want to say this. This I don't know how accurate of a statement this is, but like I feel like we're watching something that's like you know, freakish once in a generation, but I feel like this is a norm in Japan. Like what he does mm -hmm. is like, like, you know, granted he's a superstar, but I like, you know, I feel like there's a lot of guys over there that probably play the game this way where they can do pitching and hitting at just a ridiculous rate. Um, and I think that, you know, just like Ichiro did, uh, just like, you know, you know, Hideki Matsui and, um, you know, all these other guys that blew open the doors for, for Japanese players and recruitment. Um, I think, you know, especially the national league, we're, we're now looking for an entirely different player now. And, um, you know, since, since, you know, designated hitter and, and all this stuff's never, I don't think it's changing anytime soon in terms, in terms of, you know, American league versus national league. Um, I think, yeah, if there's a, you know, you're going to start to see this huge, like, you know, trend of, of trying to find these, these gems, these guys who can pitch and hit. Um, and it's going to change the game. I think, I think Shoei Tani is going to be one of those guys that's going to like really just change the way that, that we see players. And you, you look at him like, you know, not, not, you no, know, no offense to him, but if I told you yeah. this guy's like a power hitter, like you're, you're, you're probably going to look at me like, what? Like <laughs> this guy. Exactly. But I think, that's a big, I think that's a big yeah. draw. He has a beautiful swing. Mm -hmm. And there's great YouTube. I watched a, a video and it was Cal Ripon Jr. breaking down his swing and why he's able to do the things he's, he does. Um, and I think that's another thing, too, is he's not a giant. We're not looking at Barry Bonds. He doesn't have like a neck like the size of a tree trunk or something like that. So he's just this lanky, giant Japanese man. And he just has this beautiful swing and he just crushes these balls opposite fields. But then the best thing, Chris, especially with his pitching, <clears throat> is he's not scared to do like a drag bunt, you know what I mean? And then take a base or mm -hmm, steal a base. Mm -hmm. He's not scared to take a walk or hit to the opposite field. If they shift on him, he'll, he'll hit the other field. He'll, he'll bunt it and get on base. He doesn't care. And it's just wild right. to see someone like, he's not just swinging for the fences every time. And similar to his pitching, Chris, have you watched him pitch yet? I don't think I have, or I've seen, I've seen highlights. I just haven't yeah. watched an actual straight through. This, game, no. When you actually watch him pitch, you know, you can watch highlights and stuff, but when you sit down and watch a game, it's not like we're watching someone that's like, Oh, he can throw 101 miles per hour. Like, and he's just gunning it every time. Kind of guy. He mm -hmm. has junk. He has splitter curve slider. He is all over the plate. You get a sense that he's going to be pitching for a while. Mm. Um, it is something to be wa to watch. I mean, he strikes out guys in multiple different ways. And when they flash up the stats of how unhittable he is, he's like hitters are hitting like 114 against him. It's it's nuts. <laughs> it's just nuts. And it's just something to behold. And it's it's something to get excited about in a sport where, you know, 
I know people's attention spans are shrinking and, you know, people, oh, it's a boring game. But like, I feel like this is great for baseball. I think it's great for baseball globally because now we have an international player uh, playing in, of course, the Major League Baseball system. And I just think it's great. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I encourage everyone to watch this. I don't know how long this is going to last. You know what I mean? This might be mm-hmm. it. Like, I mean, he's already maxed his home run total. He's already maxed his innings pitched. So I, I mean, we're already breaking records right now right. as we speak. So, you know, take advantage. Watch this. So Yankees, ugh, I'm promoting the Yankees game. Yankees game <laughs> uh, this Wednesday at 7. That's when he's pitched again. Um, it's pretty wild. You know, unfortunately, though, they're gonna, we're going to have Michael Kay announcing. You know, he's going to be like, oh, he's pretty good, but oh, he might get injured or anything. You know, they're just going to bad mouth yeah. him the whole time. Right. <laughs> he's no Garrett Cole, but yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, yeah. <laughs> Garrett Cole got owned on Sunday. That was awesome. Um, yeah, where's his grip tape or whatever, the, the sticky tag? Uh, anyway, I, I, you know what? And that's another thing, Chris. So this guy's not roided up. He's He just has a beautiful swing. He's hitting home runs. And also, he knows how to pitch. He's not yeah. just firing in like a, a thousand miles per hour. So I don't know. And, and, until some someone corrects me or something comes out, this guy's just an all-around player. And mm-hmm. he just plays the game right. And like you said, he's playing it different. He might change things moving forward. Yeah. No, I love it. And, you know, I think I think baseball needs it. It des- I think it desperately needs it. I think it's it's you and I both know this. I mean, its popularity is waning amongst yep. sports fans of this generation especially with the NBA and uh, the NFL, like just their, their type of viewing and the type of game that they are. It's more appealing to, I think today's sports fan where baseball is a slower game. It's a more mental game. It's a stats based game. Um, And it's, it's becoming tougher. And I'm so glad you brought this up because that segues into my first topic, which is also talking about baseball because um, I went to my first baseball game a couple of weeks ago. So Uh, yeah, I went to, um, so I travel a lot for my work. And what's nice is that I'm typically traveling a lot in the fall, a lot in the spring, and then a little bit during the summer. So that does line up pretty nicely with baseball season. I typically go to a lot of these sports markets. So like once I was in Cleveland and I went to an Indians Red Sox game when they were in town, got to experience Jacob Field, uh, which was fine um, and, um, and whatnot. So I try to like if I'm in town for a long time and I've got you know some spare change to to spare I guess um, I'll try to go see the Red Sox play in another market. So I was in Atlanta a couple weeks ago and the Red Sox were in town. I didn't know that. By the way, shame on me for not knowing that in advance. That was awesome. Yeah, I know. You, didn't you you text me that night? That was awesome. Yeah, I I I, I found out like the day like the night before that. And cause I saw a bunch of Red Sox fans in my hotel and I was like, yeah, oh, and I just put two and together and. <laughs> Um, I had, I had the day off the next day. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go there. I'm going to buy a ticket. I'm going to go to this brand new stadium that the Atlanta Braves have and go watch the Sox play. And uh, let me just tell you about my experience. And I want to get All into right. my, my, uh, of why I'm telling you this. So yes. the, the, the Atlanta Braves have a brand new stadium. It's some controversy over the stadium because of its location It's kind of technically a different County than Atlanta. So that got people riled up, but, uh, it's a beautiful stadium. It yeah. looks a little bit it like the beautiful. old, Looks beautiful. Looks a little bit like Turner Field on the inside, but mm. um, it's it's a beautiful stadium. Ben, it's the it was the easiest walk in and out of a stadium I've ever experienced in my life. Period. Really? Why? Why? It's why is that? So you know, like when we walk, when you go into Fenway, you're going to Yankee Stadium. You know, there's yep. you got to go up flights of stairs. You got to go up an escalator. It's a winding circle. There's a labyrinth of people. Mm-hmm. 
literally you walk into this new stadium and you walk down a, a single 12 step flight of stairs and then you're in the concourse wow. for the grandstand and then you just go to your section it is the smoothest process i've ever seen getting in and out of the stadium i was literally the second i got in line for security to my seat was like four minutes and i was like this is ridiculous now granted i picked um i spent i decided to spend some money on myself i, I decided to treat myself yeah, to a game that looked nice. yeah, let's take a so nice. i got i got seven rows back from the field just beyond the dugout on on the third baseline mm-hmm. and um ben let me ask you something mm-hmm. okay so i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you the accoutrement the accommodations you tell me how much you think this ticket cost all right. okay all right so, wait, wait wait hold on real quick is this in is this bought at the box office or StubHub? This is the box office. Okay. Ticket, All right. Like like straight up buying tickets direct, not okay. through third party. Okay. okay. So seven rows from the field. Mm-hmm. I'm in what's called the dugout club seats. So in the seats, first of all, are wide mesh. So when you sit down, your your ass and your back are like cushioned by this mesh, making it a very comfortable watching experience. Cool. More like legroom than I kind of thing. Basically, like I felt sure, like I was in a sure. in a in a like a lawn chair barbecuing in the backyard. Nice. Um, I like that. I've got more legroom than I've ever seen at a ballpark. I could I could get up and walk between rows, and no one had to move. No one had to stand up. No one had to get out of the way. I could just walk. Um, a part of the cup holders in front of my seat, which was awesome. Um, a part of this section, you get own private. Uh, vending area so when you go down a step you go into the you walk in there's a private lounge which has a bar food and then um you have to pay for it obviously but uh private bathroom and then they also give away free items for every game so like one game it'll be free cracker jacks next game it'll be free popcorn free ice cream um you can get as much as you want so the, and it's only reserved for your section of the stadium. So no one from other sections can come down into that lounge. It's just mm. for like mm. your dozen mm-hmm. rows or so. Um, it's a Red Sox game. Red Sox are in town. So a lot of people, you know, it was practically a sellout. What do you think that ticket went for? At a, at a you know, let's say it was at Fenway or Yankee Stadium or something, some of these other bigger markets. How much do you oh. think that I would have to pay for that? Oh, at, at Fenway, Yankees. Well, we already know the answer. Yankees right. is like nine grand or something right. ridiculous. Uh, no matter who's in town, it's nine grand a ticket. Um, mm-hmm. But socks, I, I, you know, at socks, I think you can go four fifty down there or something like four fifty. That. That's accurate. Yeah, you know what? That, that's accurate. I, I, that's a good guess. Uh, yeah. I paid eight. I paid eighty four dollars. Get out of here. Eighty four dollars, dude. I gotta make a flight. I gotta go. That's it. I'm going. That's it. I'm going. That's it. Like mid market sports are incredible. I did the same thing. Ronald Acuna Jr. You got the fastest man in baseball. I mean, you got you got some great players on the on the Braves too. Great players on the Braves. Freddie Freeman. Like you know, it was it was and it was a great game. But here's the funny thing. So we're at the game. The crowd. 75% 75% Sox fans, period. Like there right. were the, the like, let's go Red Sox chants were happening all throughout the game. And in order, like the, the Braves fans tried to drown it out by booing anytime that happened, but it was like, it was impossible. My entire section, save for like maybe three or four people were all Sox fans. And like, I felt, I felt terrible for like the three or four Braves fans uh, in my section. Cause we were just, you know, some of these people are obnoxious, but um, 
it was just incredible that like the Sox had taken over the stadium. And I turned to the guy behind me who was one of the Braves fans. I said, does this happen like always when like some of these bigger teams are here? He's like every time. So like, he's like, it happened. It happened when the Yankees were in town. It happened when the the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Cardinals are in town. Um, But he said, he's like, I've never seen it like this where there's so many Sox fans taking over the stadium. The Sox Sox are hitting good. When the Sox are doing good, the fan base comes out. They they travel. Exactly. So um, it was an awesome experience. Whoever built this stadium were geniuses in terms of the way that they uh, built it in terms of the direction of the field. Because the sun... When the sun is the sun is beating on you, like until about seven thirty, but right right around seven thirty, it goes behind the grandstand, so the entire infield seats are now in the shade. So by the time the game starts, you're in the shade. Um, nice. So only the outfield really is still in the sun at that point. And uh, it was just it just was, in all honesty, like I've never. It was the most pleasant, relaxed, like you know, uh, game viewing experience I've ever had. Like I'm just like I could. I would buy season tickets just to have this experience of sitting in these seats with the services that I came with, uh, watching. A well, ball if they're game. eighty-five dollars at the box office, season Good tickets Lord. must be like a grand or something. <laughs> and I bought this a night before, so it wasn't like I got right. this two weeks ago, or like you know maybe they were afraid that they weren't going to sell out these seats. Um, it was it was literally the night before this game, and it's a, it's a two-game series, so it wasn't like a three-four game series. Two games—that's all you got with the Sox in town. I figured there's no way I'm going to get seats. Um, they had they had seats starting at sixteen dollars in the upper mezzanine. Wow. Sixteen bucks. That's I was like, awesome. Like, come on. So Braves fans, I don't know what you're doing. Show up to these games. Buy these tickets. Don't let don't let the Sox come in and dominate your stadium. Don't get don't let jerks like me like sit in your your plush seats with your getting your free popcorns and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. Great game too. Sox t- took an early lead. Uh, yeah, gave great. it back, and then you get that seventh inning grand slam, which was just like it was awesome. I was watching with you. Me and Katie Cat were out and about, and we were watching with you. I was texting you the whole time. It was it was awesome. It, it was, was awesome. Great. And of course, yeah. walking out, everybody's singing "Dirty Water," which was like the best. <laughs> like that's a that's the cherry on top because the Braves fans have no idea what we're doing. They're like, "What are you, mm-hmm. like, what are you guys singing?" They're like, you don't you don't get it. You, yep. <laughs> you don't get it. Yeah. But this is this is where I wanted to go with this, and this is mm-hmm. why I, this is why I was so excited to talk to you. The Let's one thing it. I. The one thing being in that stadium, watching this game unfold, Ben, if anybody complains that baseball is too long, I will agree with them because mm-hmm. it was it was three hours into the game and we just started the seventh inning. It was <laughs> 10 o'clock by the time we got to the seventh inning. And that, there are guys next to me that said, man, this game's got to end soon because I got to go to work next day. This was a Thursday after this was a Thursday evening game. Thursday night. Yeah, we were out. Yep. On Thursday. Yep. So, right. So. I'm I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, this is this is awful. Like in between the commercial breaks, the time that these pitchers are taking to throw the ball, um, it's just taking so long. And I started reading some articles about um, this concern and and how there's really not much you can do to to really speed the game up because you know you can, you know they tried and uh, with you know shot clocks and things like that. It's just it's just not working. And it didn't so, work. They showed it did it didn't even work. Didn't work. No. But here's the someone has come up with a solution. Someone is trying to change the game of baseball to make it more fun, to make it quicker, to be creative. And I have to share what they've come up with with you because I think. All right. All right. So Ben, are you familiar with the Savannah bananas? I am not. So I I work, I work for a school that's based in Savannah, Georgia. And in Savannah, there is an independent minor league ball team called the Savannah banana. They're, they're basically in that grapefruit league with like where the college kids will come play in the summer and then go off. So, um, 
the owner of that team um, has a background in entertainment. And what he is basically pledged to do for the fans is literally between every half inning, they're doing something. You know, so whether it's a dance party, whether it's like, you know, fun challenges on the field with the fans, it is the most interactive, fun experience I've ever had at a ball field, by the way. Um, mm. It's awesome. And because of that, like there's a waiting list for season tickets. You can't even get a ticket to these games anymore. They're sold out. And the team is really, really? Good, by the way. Oh, my God. Wow. So if you get a chance, like go on YouTube, just look up Savannah Bananas. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But here's the brilliance of what this guy has come up with. So he has basically seen the problem that Major League Baseball is facing and saying, look, it's just it's too long. It's an antiquated game. It's not really that interactive with fans. What can we do? So he came up with new rules for baseball and it's called banana ball. Okay. All right. And I'm going to tell you the nine rules of banana ball. And you tell me if you think these are good ideas. So here it is. The first one, every inning counts. The team that scores the most run in an inning gets a point. The first team to five points wins the game. The inning is over. Once the home run home team takes a lead or three outs are recorded by the home team. What do you think about that? Well, all right. So the inning is over when the home team takes the lead? Well, uh, uh, yes. So if the home team – so let's say you're the visiting team. It's the yeah. first inning. You score two runs. Right. Home team comes up the next inning. They score three runs. Inning is over. Second – it doesn't get, matter what the outs are. You get the point. You, you get, get a point. point. You get so one point for that one inning. The runs don't even mean anything. Runs don't even mean anything. You just, get, you just win that one inning. Next okay. inning, same thing happens. You get to five. Whoever gets to five first, game's over. So this way, it could go nine innings, ten innings. It could go five, depending upon the point structure there. So okay. that will quicken things up. Okay. Yes, it will. Or... There we go. Number two, the game has a two-hour time limit, regardless of anything. It's two hours. So no inning will start after the two-hour point. If a team has not reached five points, the game will go to what's called a showdown uh, tiebreaker, which I'm going to talk about in just a second. But that's yeah. that's interesting. So two hours, that's it. You get, That's all you get. You know what's interesting about this is you remember, um, and I don't know if it's coming. I don't think it, I've, I haven't heard anything. I don't think it's coming back. Is that Big Three basketball that the Ice Cube League? Yep, yep. That he was doing, and a bunch of older players could do it because you know you didn't have to run the length of a court. You know, you take the ball like you're playing backyard basketball. You take the ball, check it up, and you play. Um, and so you got all these players that have been retired for like five years, and they're able to just be awesome again. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this would. This might open the door to some retired players playing. You know, they can yep. uh, re- players can play a two-hour game, not like a five-hour game or whatever. So that's exactly. interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Here it is, number three: no All stepping right. out, no stepping out. Batters cannot step out of the batter's box once the at bat starts. If a batter steps out at any point, it's a strike on the batter. I like so that. That's good. you're in. That's, that's it. That's good. That's I it. like that. No, yeah. so no more, no more Garcia Piero would have struck it oh. out like you know eight hundred times. It would have been infamously striking out. <laughs> <laughs> number even four poppy poppy no, even poppy and stuff yeah yep forget it number four no bunting bunting sucks enough said <laughs> so, no i don't like that one you don't I like it like bunting no you i like, like bunting? bunting bunting is awesome there should be more bunting it should be it like should be you lay down a bunt and it's like a point or something if you get to first on a bunt it's like a freaking point or something i like you get bunting. second you should get second at that point if you run yeah. out of bunt if you make you it to get... first you get second that'd be dope <laughs> We don't. I, I highly disagree with that. I like small ball. I like dead ball. <laughs> all right. All right. Number five, batters can steal first. If a pass ball or wild pitch happens during any pitch of the bat, the batter can take off to first. Oh, any pitch. Oh, I like that. All right. I, I dig that one a lot. So, like, if, you, if, if you're facing batting like, or wait, is this NL rules? Like, are the pitchers batting? Maybe. So, then, 
Dude, I'd, I'd run on anything if the pitcher throws it past, if I'm a pitcher. So if, like, if if you're facing, like, Tim Wakefield or R.A. Dickey and they're throwing 40 miles per hour, yeah. as soon as he goes into his windup, take off for first. Right. <laughs> It'd be balls <laughs> if someone had a knuckleball. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, number six, no walks allowed. If a pitcher throws a fourth ball, it becomes a sprint. The hitter will take off sprinting to first while the catcher has to throw the ball around to every defensive player on the field before it comes becomes live. The hitter can advance to as many bases as he can before the ball becomes live. The ball does not have to touch the pitcher or catcher. So I'm on the, so on ball throw around four, the horn. You throw, throw around the horn. horn. Yep. So ball four, throw around the horn to every defensive player on the field. So you got to go around the horn into the outfield and the batter can ch- take as many bases as they want. Oh, into the, ball, the outfield. Into the outfield. So you go around what? the horn. So I imagine you would have to maybe probably start at first, first, second, shortstop, third, or first, second, short, or however they want to do it around the horn. Left. Right. Then they got to go to the outfield. So oh, by no. the time they get to the outfield, the batter's probably almost at first. I go then, second. I I go second to right, center left third short first right so right. as long as every defensive player except for the pitcher and you know obviously the catcher because they're starting that off crazy shoes that's crazy shoes right there, <laughs> that game must be nuts looking that game was, here's number seven all right this is this is this is the extra innings uh how you decide extra innings here it is okay it's a so it's wait, a, wait so this is when two hours hits two hours hits and we're at we're tied, we're tied. okay this is how we settle this it's a one-on-one showdown tiebreaker here it is each team picks one pitcher and one hitter to face off. The defensive team only has the pitcher and catcher on the field. All other fielders are off the field. If a hitter puts the ball in play, he has to score and make it to home to get a point. (laughs) If the ball is put in play, the pitcher is allowed to chase the ball and throw the ball to the catcher for a play at the plate. If a pitcher strikes him out or gets him out before scoring, he doesn't get the point. Okay. If the batter walks, he can take second base, and the hitting team will bring in another hitter to the plate. First team to reach five points wins. Wow. So there's wow. no de- there's no defensive players on the field. It's just so the you pitcher. don't want like Shohei Otani pitcher. You want right. an athletic pitcher. Like you, you want, got some exactly. you got some legs on you or something. Give give me a guy who has legs, or give me a guy who just knows how to get guys out at the plate. Right. But if it hits, you're you're chasing well, it down, and then yeah, you got to throw it to the catcher. Tim, Tim Wakefield's the worst for this. Tim Wakefield's <laughs> one of my favorite players, but he'd be the worst for this sport. You the want worst. someone like little fast guy, like a little like throwing like I don't know speed balls or something. I don't, I, <laughs> this is nuts. It's nuts, right? I love it. All right, number eight. There's no mound visits allowed. Let's keep the game moving. No All mound right. visits from the coach. That's... Yeah. What about the Hype. catcher? Can the catcher run up to the mound? Uh no. Nope. Okay. No mound right. visits from the catcher, so coach, screaming. or any players. Hey, pit, throw a strike, Ale. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what it says. That. It says, it says, hype your pitcher up from afar if needed. Uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Do something right out there. <laughs> I love it. So that's old um, That's like Cooper's that's down. Ball. That's Just, Cooper's down. Yeah. Because then you can, then you can get pitchers that shout back, like you know, mm-hmm. shut the f up, coach. Um, all right, this is my favorite one. The final one. This is all it. Right. If a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out. What <laughs> guy hits a foul ball, if a fan catches it, it's an out. The batter's out. Uh, 
well, there better not be that guy at the Cubs game. Right? Know, that, <laughs> a whole well, town fan should uh, better not catch these balls. I'd be so pissed. But that would that would be hilarious. Like a guy hits a foul ball, and you get you see fans like half of them are running away, the other ones are running to it. It'd be chaos. Well, it's gonna be a fist fight. Yeah, it's like <laughs> murder. Murder the ball. Murder the guy with the ball. Uh, Chris, this is great. Well, you know, Chris, I don't know if I told you. Well, I. Locally, this year it didn't go off just because everyone was busy and stuff. But um, we've played barehanded 1870s baseball up here. Oh, Have I told you about yep. that? Yep. And I've seen so it. you can catch the ball on the bounce, no gloves. Um, and so you want to hit kind of daisy cutters. That's what they call them. You want to mm-hmm. hit into the field and you want because you want a couple skips before it gets to the shortstop. And then you're booking towards first, but the guy's not going to whip it at the first baseman because he doesn't have a glove on. Right. It's kind of a lob and stuff. So you kind of want to play the game a little different. So this kind of reminds me of that. And there's no, you can tell the pitcher where you want him to pitch. Mm-hmm. There's underhanded pitching. It's kind of cool. And you know, it's, I think I could see a lot of really good players that didn't make the majors that are athletic, that can run and stuff playing this game. That is, that's exciting, Chris. That's really right? cool. Yeah, so, dude. like I said, you know, obviously, I don't think there's any way that, you know, Baseball is ever going to adopt these rules. No. Um, you know, the only the only realistic thing I thought was just shorten the game to seven innings. Like, right. well, they did make that game double headers last year, right? Right, right. So just you know, just make it shorter. But other than that, like, yeah, there's not really much you can do, you know, with these with these things. But um, but yeah, like I I, I do think that I like this creative stuff. Um, I like that people are thinking about it. If if you know the Savannah Bananas, they typically try to do banana ball games like once every couple of weeks uh like inter-squad games uh and they're a lot of fun to watch apparently so um yeah like i said you know like i just think that baseball can't be stubborn and say right. we're not going to change because right. no one's going to come out anymore that's it right so yeah um there you go man all right what else you got all right so um chris i think last time we got on the pod i was talking about how oh maybe i didn't i think it got cut and then we had to restart but last time we had to restart so um I think I mentioned this a while ago. So the app is called Shutter, dude. Shutter. All right. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching a ton of this. And so Joe Bob Briggs is this host that's been hosting like horror movies. He used to start on uh, in Monster Vision back in the late 90s. Uh, he hosted the show called Monster Vision on TNT where he'd watch a bunch of cheesy movies, stay up and uh, give you some facts in the commercial breaks. And that would be it. But the great thing about streaming services is there there are no commercials. So he gets to have interviews. He gets to tell you behind the scenes. And I'm saying if there's anyone out there that's a cinema fan, not just a horror movie fan, but just a cinema fan in general, this is the show for you. This guy is one of my favorite movie nerds. Me and him speak the same language. I met him in real life. I got his autograph right here looking at me. He's he's a great guy. And it just got renewed for a fourth season on Shudder. So we just finished uh, season three where he interviewed Roger Corman. Chris, are you uh, familiar with Roger Corman? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. They watched uh, a Roger Corman classic. They watched the original Little Shop of Horrors. Chris, nice. when's the last time? Do you ever, you ever see that one? I, with Jack Horror? Nicholson, yeah. Yeah. Not in that, a while, though. It's been a long yeah. time. That movie, so me and my buddy Pat, we, we were out back watching this movie, and that movie clips along at a pretty fast pace for being from 1956 and one of the really? most low-budget movies of all time. I'm hmm. talking the dialogue's quick. The, the, I mean, the scenes fly by and just being a fan of theater, Chris, you would appreciate the shit out of it. Like you could, it's filmed exactly like a, maybe like a three set 
like a three kind of set play. You could really mm-hmm. put it on like this too. I know there's the musical and everything, yada, 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 but this one clips along at a great pace. Still wicked funny. We were laughing, like not laughing at it, laughing with it, this this movie. And just, you know, and we both were familiar with the remake and everything, but uh, I'm very familiar with the Rick Moranis movie. And um, that movie was great. He interviewed Roger Corman. They talked about how he, you know, started the careers of Scorsese and Coppola and all these things. And it was just a great, awesome interview. Then they watched uh, Humanoids from the Deep, which is this 80s movie that was produced by Corman, which is an Mm. awesome, cheesy movie. Um, these are all on Shutter, and they're all like on demand now. But it's really fun. So like the Shutter app is great because you'll have them. They have a Shutter channel where these premiere live. You can watch it live, and you can actually text in and tweet into the show while they're doing it, and they're they're performing this live. And then they have it on demand. So we've been burning through all seasons. Chris, here's a question I never asked you. You ready? Yep. Do you have a favorite bad movie? like a favorite cheesy movie that you like to like that you, you know, it's bad, but you enjoy mm-hmm. it or you like laughing at it. Oh man. That's a great question. Cause let me tell you, let me, I'll let you think. All right. You ready? Okay. Go Cause ahead. we had an experience a couple weeks ago. So Katie was down to Connecticut. And so I just had the boys over. We're in the backyard and, uh, I put on a Joe Bob Briggs. So we were, we were smoking ribs. I had ribs going on. So, you know, you got six, seven hours to go. Love it. So I put one of these things on. It was a hot Saturday. We're up here. And I may have watched the worst movie of all time. <laughs> I'm going to put that. And Chris, you know, I don't say these things lightly. I you know, say, I you don't. don't say this lightly. Yep. No. And, you know, I'm talking about you've seen The Room, right, Chris? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you've seen, like, uh, you ever seen Trolls 2? Yep. Oh, my right. God. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Yep. You've seen all those cla- like Plan Nine from Outer Space. You've seen like all these like you know these crappy zombie movies from the '80s, crappy slashers from the you know like Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. You've seen mm-hmm. a lot. You know, yep. not as yep. much as I have, but you've seen like the the you know the the, the bullet points of shitty yeah. movies, right? Yeah. Now, this movie, and it's on Shutter. It's on season two, I believe. It's called Things. Not the thing with Kurt Russell. Things. Now, I've watched some bad movies with Joe Bob Briggs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this movie, it's indescribable. It's And he starts off his spiel at the front. And he starts going off. And we start laughing because we've watched a couple of movies with him. And, and, you know, we, we we stayed up and watched Maniac Cop 2 with him. And he was like, oh, I love this part. You know, when the guy's on fire and he gets the other guy on fire. So he likes bad B movies. Mm-hmm. But the way he talks about this movie, he's like, you, as you're watching this movie, you will question if you like movies anymore. <clears throat> you will question if you've grown out of this hobby. You'll question your existence. You'll question if this is a movie. <laughs> what is a movie? Oh, my God. He was going off. And like you, and I'm telling you, you have existential breaks while you're watching this movie. That's how <laughs> bad it is. There's parts where. There's just this random moaning happening in the background. Like the audio doesn't, ma- first of all, the audio doesn't match up. But then there's also these echoing moaning, like, uh, 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 just <laughs> this weird stuff. Sometimes the audio will drop. Sometimes cast members just leave the movie and then come back in 20 minutes later. Um, there's just, it's made in Canada. So he had a guest star on his favorite in show. Uh, Canadian and it's Chris Jericho from the WWF. (laughs) 
And he was on. It was so great. And he's a giant movie buff. It was hilarious. Chris, it was awesome. Chris, did you think of your favorite cheesy movie? Yeah. You know, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is up there. Um, <laughs> I love that movie. Like, that's that's pretty, that's pretty bad. Um, gosh, JFK? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> like that's, that's not that's not like a so bad it's good. That's, that's like I if if someone like said like you you know I lost a bet and I had to take a punishment like JFK is the perfect movie to punish me with. Um like, well, you don't like that movie? No, I can't stand it. I can't it's so boring. I can't, I can't do it. All right, Chris, um, I'm sending you the cover of things. Did you look I up I can't wait to see this? Yeah. All right. And so this movie was made in Canada. But it, um, as Chris Jericho gets on, he's like, you can't really say that because it's kind of like the suburbs of Canada. It's like the letter County <laughs> suburbs. You know, he's like, don't. He doesn't want to own it. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he was really funny on the, the guest spot. Are you a fan of Chris Jericho? Of course. Oh, of yeah. Course. I mean, come on now. So, yeah. <laughs> it was so awesome. Dang it. I love it. Good yeah. stuff, man. Good so, stuff. Excellent. Go yeah. ahead. Wait, so JFK, not a good movie. I just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can, I can dig Stone when he doesn't get like too much into himself, and like Platoon, give me Platoon any time of the week. Like Born on the Fourth of July, absolutely. Like Natural Born Killers, sure, it's a little weird, but like I'm, I'm with you. JFK, right. I'm like, I'm there's, he's trying to do so many things and try to prove so many points and i'm like stop i can't i can't do this and you get you get random actors that are like at the time like legitimate like superstar actors in it for like five seconds to do a scene and it's just like why like why do you need like john candy for five minutes in this movie like what like jack lemon's in this thing for like three minutes like why so it's just yeah i can't i can't stand it but that's that's just me that's just me. <laughs> so let me tell you this movie things and listen i I've seen all the bad movies. This one might be the worst. They hired Amber Lynn of porn fame from the late seventies to be in the movie. Oh my God. (laughs) Really? And she, she doesn't get naked. That's how bad this movie is. Oh, she has the worst speaking voice I've ever heard of any. It's just for her acting. And they have the cue cards, Chris, you got to watch this movie. And they have the cue cards way off to the right. And her eyes keep going over and it makes her look like she has like cross eyes. Oh, it's so great. It's so great. Thanks. Did you, right. did you, I gotta look this up. You see that gotta, mullet with the drill? You see the guy with the yeah. It's uh, I can't wait. Good stuff, there, man. There's, Good stuff. there's a guy. There's one scene. I got, I mean, I'm spoiling a couple things, but for some reason <laughs> they, I I don't know. It doesn't make any. Nothing pays off. Nothing pays off. Uh, and there's this guy. Poster. They go in, they go into the house and the guy takes his coat off. And then he puts it in the freezer for some reason. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this is amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I don't know if you could find it anywhere. I had to watch it on Shutter because I looked it up. I mean, there might be a copy on YouTube, but you want to get like the real copy because you don't want to think, oh, maybe this bootleg copy is messed up. No. Joe Bob got the, the best copy there is out there. And it's terrible. And you know, and of course, you know, the director. Just like Tommy Wiseau is like, oh, no, no, it's a statement about filmmaking. It's not really supposed to be bad or some shit. You know, they always try to cover up their bad movie afterwards. And it's a terrible it's it is the word. I'm going to say the room is way better than this movie. Wow. That's a bold statement. Yeah. Makes the room look like, you know, the Godfather compared to. Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah. Like this one. So I was hanging out with uh, my buddies, Pat and Ryan, and it was so bad. 
they would have to we're in the backyard watching this you know smoking ribs and they both uh smoke cigarettes they had to get up during the movie put their hands on their head light a cigarette and go jesus what are we doing this is terrible <laughs> like they would walk or pace the backyard it was it was an event and i will never forget it for the rest of my life so there is something about watching shitty movies with people it, it forms a bond so i highly encourage it any cinephiles out there check out joe bob briggs you probably know about him but this new show is great it's got re- renewed for a fourth season it's so much fun it's great so high nice. recommendation high recommendation nice good stuff man good stuff um all right so for my next pick uh ben mm. you and i do a lot of fantasy sports um yeah and um I'm, I'm like a mid-range guy. I've, I've never won a major championship in any of my leagues, but like I'm always a contender. Like, uh, yeah, in my, since I think I've been doing, I've been in the same league since a year after college and I've never won the championship. I've, I've gone to the finals a couple of times, you know, baseball and football just never works out for me, but, um, but I'm always a contender and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm when it does happen, it's going to be uh, a year long celebration. But um, what's nice about some of these leagues is whoever finishes last, um, yeah. you know, typically a, the sign of a good league is when you've got a really good punishment for whoever finishes last. Right. Um, now I won't lie. Like my league, the leagues I'm in are kind of weak sauce when it comes to punishments. Like I think like one of them has to change their profile picture on Facebook to like saying like, I suck at fantasy baseball or something like that. It's oh, not, it's, it's not great. Yeah. It's, it's not, lame. Lame. I, had a but, good, I had a good one. Yeah. But go ahead. Wanna, I had a good one. We found this Cupid doll. You know what Cupid doll is? Yeah. In the twenties. And its arms were off, <laughs> so I got like a twist tie and put it on backwards and blacked out the eyes and then made it look like a serial killer kind of doll that you see in a movie. <laughs> and then someone had to put this in their house for a whole year. <laughs> and they had, to, they had to have it exposed, like out, like it was terrible. They had to put it on their fireplace mantle. Oh, that was, yeah, that was that was the to point. like to like the draft of the following season. I love that. Oh that's, yeah, that's you had to bring it to the next draft. It was pretty that's good. That's amazing. Good. Good. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good one. Well, uh, I came across. I was looking on Twitter and I came across a really excellent punishment. And it's this guy that actually did this. So he lost. He finished last in fantasy football, and uh, his punishment was. I don't know if you saw this. He had to spend twenty four hours in a Waffle House. Um, okay. All right, so well, to, Waffle Houses are 24 hours, right? 24 hours. So yeah. you go in there, you had to spend 24 hours in a Waffle I'm House. In. I'm all in. You're all in. Here's the I deal. I love Waffle House. Pecan so, waffles. Oh. <laughs> Here's the deal. All right. You have to go to the Waffle House. You have to spend 24 yeah. hours. But, but my friend, yeah. for every waffle you eat takes an hour off of the time they have to be there. Oh, i seen this video. I watched <laughs> this shit. How did I see this? So Wait, this I, was all, this was like, it went viral. It was all yeah. over like a dead spin. Barstool had it. Like all these like, guys picked up. Cause it, the guy I was like, kid, I think Deacon showed me this. Deacon probably should, Cause he was live tweeting the entire time. He's like, I just yep. finished this waffle. Uh, I think I'm going to throw up like, you know, people and the entire wait staff was loving everything. They were like, this is great. Like stuff like that. So uh, the guy is, is live tweeting it. I, I, I forgot to write his handle down, but just go look up like fantasy football waffle house you'll see exactly what i'm talking about um he ended up eating seven of them uh which i was i thought was low i was like man you couldn't pack away more than that and then so i remember meaning, like how meaning he stayed in the waffle house for freaking like for, 16 hours or something for 16 so it ended up being about 16 hours um so yeah he ended up eating seven waffles and i thought i was like oh that's nothing but then i thought i saw the waffle that he was eating i was like oh, oh it's, a, no. it's a belgian style waffle that's like gigantic <laughs> 
So, and by the way, the waffles there are spongy. So that thing, when you oh, get yeah. in, oh, it's, 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 you know, it's going to take up a lot of space. So yeah, he ended up eating seven of them, but did the entire punishment. Everybody was loving it. it. Got retweeted all over the place, but it just, it just brought up some, some, the need to, if your league doesn't have these types of punishments, yeah. why are you doing it? Like, why, why are you, why doing, are you doing this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I got, I got reinvited to a league, you know, a lot of leagues were offline last year. Um, just because injuries, COVID, no one wanted to deal with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. so I've been in multiple leagues for a long time. And so my buddy Chad from Texas, he actually reinvited me and that's a hundred dollar league. That's, that's pretty pricey. So right. like yeah. when there's money, there's something on the line, you know, you got some stakes going on, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. you know, and then all the other losers, they lost their money. So you've never won at baseball or football. Never won. I've never won. What? Um, I've won I've, multiple times. Yeah, well, you know, bully for you, man. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, but no, now, Chris, I, now check this out. I've been doing fantasy football. Now, baseball, I just started maybe like three, four years ago. Made it to the championship my first year. Yep. But it was a free, it was a freaking long shot. It was like seventh in the like the freaking uh, playoff schedule. And I made it all the way to first. I just went on a tear. Um, but I was in a league. Chris, check this out. My, speaking of my friend Chad. We started fantasy baseball, I'm going to say in 2004, mm -hmm. or, or uh, football. That's when you had to pay a website to host you. Mm -hmm. So we would, it was $100 per league, but 50 of that month, $50 of that money went to paying the website to host us. Yep. That's how expensive it was to run this league and stuff like that. Um yeah, it was ridiculous. Something that is totally for free. You can join like 8,000 leagues if you want for free. It's just crazy. Well, um, you know, my, yeah. my, my basic, my, my fault in strategy, I think, is I have an uh, a undying commitment to certain players. So, like, I will yeah. typically take the same guys every year. And um, it's just, I, I think that's where, like, well, the Pat Mahomes. Been playing for a while. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Jerome Bettis is out. <laughs> like I, I remember like when I was in high school, I was like a Joey Galloway guy from the Lions. Oh, yeah. Like I oh, yeah. took him every year in baseball. Like for some reason I had an obsession with Brian Giles. I was like, I gotta have Brian Giles. Uh he's gonna hit 300, he's gonna get like 25 home runs. Never really happened, but I still brought him back every single year. Um, so yeah, I think that's my problem. Is that you're I too have, sentimental, and you know too what? Sentimental. You know why yeah. it is. You know why it is, Chris. I hate to, you know, wail on you like this, but please, please. Is it is it the Jets piece? Is that what's driving the bus? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it's maybe it's how I it's it's how I'm able to empathize with the Jets so much oh. with their terrible choices. Now, I you want to hear my choices. theory? You want to hear Please. my theory? And this is just a general rule, okay? Let's say the draft goes and you miss out on like the best player of all time, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you just you, you're you get a bad pick. Let's say you're in a twelve man league. And you get eighth place. Now, I would rather take 12th place, and I love the double shot. You know what I mean? Right. 12 1 right away. Boom, in the snake draft. You just rock it. Now, check this theory out. I'd rather have an okay player on a team that's going to win a bunch than the best player on the shittiest team in the league. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would rather have, let's say, a quarterback. That's okay, but they've made the playoffs for three years straight mm -hmm. rather than like this guy that's right out of college that just got drafted to the fucking Jaguars or something like that. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, he's great, but he's going to get killed. Like, the fucking – his defensive line sucks, or his offensive line sucks. He's going to get, like, his arms ripped out. You know what I mean? Like, like, like Justin Herbert last year. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's my theory in all fantasy sports. I When I go to draft, in the back of my mind, I'm like, is this team going to make the playoffs? If not, I go down a couple slots until I find a guy that I think is going to make the playoffs. Mm, okay. I want winners. I want winners. You want motivated guys. You want guys that are going for it, you know? Right. Like, I want guys. And also, the guys on the winning teams, they're going to score more points. So, yep. the more point, more fantasy points, too. They, they spread the love around. Wow. There you go. There you go, Chris. All right. And you never – and, like, listen, if you're going to pick – like, so, like, this year, fantasy baseball, right? I'm not going to lie. I got a couple socks on my team. But I picked Christian Vasquez. Because, my God, he's an awesome catcher at fantasy. He has, like, freaking 11 stolen bases this year. He's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just fantastic. Yeah, he's freaking aw- – he's just awesome to watch. But then also you're not burning something up on your fantasy team, like kind of going like, oh, I really need – like, so I'm going to go Verdugo in, like, the fourth. or You know, I'm doing something asinine. You know, a catcher's going to go when a catcher goes. So I, I, it's not like I drafted him pretty high. I probably mm-hmm. drafted him like towards the top of the tier and it's paying off because he's probably one of the best hitting catchers in baseball this year. So that's paid off. And so it's fun to watch. So when you have the socks on, you're still watching something. So that's why when I had, you know, my Patriots, I'll get the kicker. So I'm not like burning up a pick on getting their running back because like, you need a kicker. So fuck it. I'll go for my fa- favorite team. So that's when I use the favorite teams is like a tight end kicker. Something you have to defense. I'll go Patriots day. Who cares? You know, mm-hmm. yep. at least you get to watch the game and say, oh, I got the D in. As opposed to like, oh, I got, you know, Cam Newton and I think he's going to be good. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> don't want that. Don't want no, that. I hear you, man. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, all right. What else you got, my friend? All right, Chris. We got a lot of new releases coming out. Um, just, just a quick mention. Uh, you know, I've been into horror movies. Bloody, Dis- Bloody Disgusting is a website that I use for the website or for the podcast. They have a great article, The 19 Can't Miss Horror Movies of the Summer. Great Ooh, okay. list. And that's coming out. These are movies that are just coming out. So, But this is the one I wanted to talk about. We've always talked about the Nicolas Cage and his newer movies and stuff and what's coming out. We like to check his IMDb. But this article came upon my feed, and I just said, I'm all in. Just take my money. You know those movies came along? Just take my money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Dolph Lundgren <laughs> and Frank Grillo are teaming up for a World War II submarine action thriller called Operation Seawolf. Are you all, all right. in? Are you all in? <laughs> I, yeah. That. I mean, if this is a pitch, if you're pitching it to me, to yeah. Greenlight, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. All right, ready? Enough said. The film is set in the last days of World War II, when Germany, desperate for any remaining opportunity to defeat the Allied powers, looked to their last remaining U-boats for one final mission, to cruise all the way to New York City and attack the U.S. mainland. Oh, my <laughs> Operation Seawolf, coming out next year. I'm all in. Just take my money, dude. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. Yep. Imagine Dolph, Frank Grillo. What was his name? Cross, crossbones and cross, yeah, that. crossbones. Yep. Oh, just the two of them. And there's a picture on this article, just a picture of Frank Gorilla with a giant minigun. I'm all in, dude. <laughs> Is Dolph the heavy? Is like he the villain in this? I, I guess. 
Oh, I didn't even. Dude, you just blew my mind. Wait, <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. You just blew my mind. Just wait. It makes sense. It's a giant Austrian man. Where the hell? Oh, is he Swedish? I don't know what he is. <laughs> no, he is European. This European man. Of course, he's going to be the giant U-boat commander. Yep. I mean, yep. it's now it's now I'm really all in, dude. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> You just blew you're, my head off. You're you're front of the line now. Like you know, you before you were day one. I'm there now. Yeah. You're front of the line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first, before I was VOD, gonna rent for like five bucks. Now, I'm camping out like Rolling Stones ticket. I mean, I was hoping, you know what? But maybe they flip it. Maybe Frank Grillo got the German accent, and Dolph has the <laughs> shitty American accent, like in the movie Blackjack with John Woo. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm out of bullets. Like, I just love Dolph's fake American act. It's great. I uh, hope they do it that way. That would be amazing. <laughs> Chris, uh, speaking of bad movies, did you watch uh, Willie's Wonderland yet? Yes, I did. Yes, what? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear I want to hear your thoughts on Willie's Wonderland. The the best movie of 2021 so far. Oh, my God. My <laughs> um, it's it's. It's one of those. I'm glad I watched it, um, like at home when I when I did. I I told my wife about it. We're watching it together. I was like, just so you know, like this is gonna go off the rails. It's it's yeah. Nicolas Cage. This is a movie that he wanted to do. So you're not you're not. It's not like he he's produced it. He, produced he produced it. Like so he he's he's all in. And mm-hmm. um, we're not gonna get like mailed in. And sure enough, we didn't. I there were so many questions. I don't get the pinball thing. I I love how he in the middle of the fight scene, his alarm goes off and he just he just walks off. He the leaves place. the girl to go play he pinball and have a pow punch. It was so great. Um I mean I want to drink that drink now. I was like, give me, oh, give me want, some of that. Oh well, you know, spoiler alert, I don't want to give away my Halloween costume, but I'm gonna get one <laughs> in that t-shirt for Halloween. Um the kills are amazing. Um oh, both human and robot. I love, I love how they like, it's, it's like, they kind of took the whole, like, don't get attached to any of these characters. Like, I love yeah. how like and all those, you know, t- quote unquote teens um, just got off one by one. And then like the sheriff, like, Oh my God, like that woman. <laughs> it's like sawed in half. Um, oh, but I, I just love like the, the, the story is so preposterous. Like you get a bunch of serial killers, working at essentially a Chuck E. Cheese who all like do like a suicide pact and their spirits <laughs> possess the animatronics <laughs> and the town has to keep basically feeding them sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. I like how the town yeah. just went all in on this. And it was the like, town, oh, we got to keep this going. <laughs> you do it or what, or what? <laughs> yeah. Or how can this get worse? <laughs> What's going to happen? Like you just kill like, or what you you know you just kill the robots like Nicolas Cage did. Enough said. You're done. Like that's like, and I love how they like made it seem like really evil because they kept on like sacrificing kids. Right. Like, oh yeah, here's a kid and like blow out yeah. the candles and they smash his head into the cake and I'm like, like is that gonna make any difference? Like it doesn't hide, that that doesn't heighten the stakes to me of like how bad these people are. Chris, um, it is. It's One amazing. Of the most fun it was nutso movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And I just love how you think at the end of the movie it's going to show just a couple flashes of how you know Nicolas Cage's daughter went there and they killed her and that's why he's here kicking ass. Right. And they never show it. They just don't explain who he is, nope. <laughs> why he knows what to do and why he's drinking these pow punches. 
is it supernatural? Does he actually punch harder? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And he doesn't like what I love is he doesn't do anything to the guys that like locked him in there. Like he just says, you know, he basically holds out his hand. Yeah. They give him the keys and he just leaves. Like th- these guys tried to kill you. Like you're not gonna do anything to them. Um, I mean, they get theirs at the end, but still, it's like. Oh my god! It was awesome, it was, and I loved I how I loved how like Nicolas Cage saying no dialogue whatsoever is just acting circles around everybody who has like oh. the most lines ever. Like there are scenes with dialogue that go on and on in this movie that like you don't need it. You don't need that much dialogue. Um, but he's just he's amazing. So like award worthy performance from Nicolas uh, Cage. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. You know, what I mean, everyone here. It's just you and me, buddy, because everyone right. here in central New York. <laughs> like people want to people want to shit on the guy. Yeah. But I'm like, he basically shows you in this movie why you win an Oscar. Like That's this is a, right. There you keep go. freaking that haterade. And we're and he's gonna keep acting. I, so Chris, I think I went back. Is this the first time since like silent film since a, a main character doesn't speak? Like I mean you can you can say that movie The Artist or something like that, but that doesn't right. count. So yeah, well, I mean they're talking. It's just a silent movie, but um, oh, that's yeah. true too. So they're yeah, they're mouthing words, and then the dialogue comes up the mouth. That doesn't even happen in this. Doesn't even happen in this. You don't get anything if you're hoping for like a, a Nicolas Cage freakout where he's like talking about you know all these other things. Um, you're not gonna get it. Like this is it's just him. Um, I yeah, I just thought it was phenomenal. I think I think they had a script. All right, I'm just gonna put it out. I think they had a script with a couple lines, then you know, where he comes in and he has this creeping monologue, and then they just said, "You know what? Screw it. <laughs> Let's just go for it. Let's go for no dialogue. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it." Chris. Well, I mean, have you seen his latest uh, addition to his IMDb? No. Oh. All no. right. Well, do you want me to give it to you now, or do you want to go th- continue on your thing? No, and I want to. No, come on. Bring it. All right. I just watched. I don't. I watched a trailer for a movie called Pig. Looks great. Yeah, that looks great. I saw that one. You're not talking about that one. Nope. Nope. Oh. This is a brand new oh. edition. Wow. To Rage in the Cage. Here it is. All right. All right. So in 2022, next year, we yeah. gotta wait till next year for this. Well, we gotta wait for Operation Seawolf as well. So. <laughs> uh, he is doing a movie called The Retirement Plan. The Retirement okay. Plan. Okay. Yep. Here it is. In the Retirement Plan, when Ashley. Uh, by the way, the actress playing Ashley is a girl named Ashley Green, uh, and her young daughter, Sarah, get caught up in a criminal enterprise that puts their lives at risk. She turns to the only person who can help her estranged father, Matt, who's played by Nicolas Cage, currently living the life of a retired beach bum in the Cayman Islands. So that's that's part A. Part B, their reunion is fleeting as they are soon tracked down on the island by crime boss Donnie and his lieutenant Bobo <laughs> as Ashley, Sarah and Matt become entangled in an increasingly dangerous web. Ashley quickly learns her father has a secret past Uh-oh. that she knew nothing about and that there is more to her father than meets the eye. Now here's, so that plot alone, like I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. I'm so in. here's, here's who's playing Donnie. It's kind of like Bobo. the Island. It's kind of like the Island. Kind of like the Island. Like yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. So the crime boss, Donnie, is okay. being played by Jackie, Jackie Earl Haley. Oh, I am way in. I'm all in. Freaking right? uh, Rorschach. Yep. His <laughs> lieutenant, Bobo, yep. is being played by Ron Perlman. 
So we're getting Nicolas Cage versus Ron Perlman, Sons of Anarchy, Hellboy, yeah. Ridiculousness, yeah. and yeah. Jackie O'Haley. I'm in. Like that's that's like heat. That's heat casting right there. It is heat. It is. That's I think heat. they're gonna have a scene in like the coffee shop when they're talking to each other. Give me Jackie Earl Haley, yeah. Nicholas Cage, and Ron Perlman doing some ridiculous dialogue between the three of them. I'm like, yeah. I'm in. I'm gonna fake. Yeah. So there I you want go. It to be like like a shitty John Wick. Like that's <laughs> what I want to have happen. He's like, what's his name? Oh my god. You'll oh never believe it. And oh like, my yeah. god, it's Boba it's Yaga. Matt. Boba Yaga's here. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Matt. It's such good. Oh no, not Matt. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I'm actually I'm actually scrolling down the rest of this cast. Oh my god. So Ray also Nelson? in this movie, also yeah. in this movie, uh, Ghostbuster Ernie hoping. Hudson. Ernie Hudson's in this movie. I was hoping for like a couple, couple like little B actors going. Okay, Ernie Hudson, I'll take. Ernie Hudson, uh, former NBA player Rick Fox is in this movie. <laughs> Rick Fox. Wait, I know who Rick Fox is. Wait, you know who Rick Fox is? Wasn't he married to someone? Wasn't? <laughs> was he married uh, to like like a supermodel or something? Anyway, all right, keep going. Yeah, it was. Uh, who is it? Wait, it doesn't say. Hold on. No, all right. All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um. Oh, I think he was married to Vivica Fox, wasn't he? Yeah, Rick Fox. Oh no, um, Vanessa Williams. Vanessa, Vanessa Williams. see, I know things. <laughs> <laughs> I know things. Um, <laughs> so those those two guys. Wait, and wait, has Rick Fox ever been in a movie before? He's done like. Let's see. He's done movies. Oh wow, IMDb. he's actually got a pretty oh. solid IMDb. Oh fuck me! All right, holes. All right. Holes, Oz. He did a season of Oz. Really? Did? Oh, he got game. Well, I mean, it's a basketball movie. I mean, he's in Sharknado three. Um, he's in Navy Seals versus Zombies. I missed that one. <laughs> oh, he's in Blue Chips. Blue he's Chips. Eddie. Eddie. He's in he, Resurrection with Christopher Lambert. <laughs> did, did, an, did an episode of Arliss. Pain and um, Gain. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Fox. Got some. Right. He's got some cred. And then. Um, Joe David, Joel David Moore, who people will remember as the tall, lanky guy from Dodgeball, who falls in love with the uh, oh, the Russian girl. Was, yeah, that guy <laughs> who reached who reached his apex mountain in uh, Avatar, and has been hoping for Avatar two, three, and four ever since. Uh, yeah. yeah, this guy's just, just he's just <laughs> he's treading water. He's like, good. I'm Lord. sorry, sir. You can wait all you want for James Cameron, but uh, Michael Bean, you are not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm in love. Lady in red. <laughs> I just watched that movie. Which makes her the most dangerous person on earth with a dodgeball. We don't talk about that movie enough, how good that freaking movie is. We don't. I mean, <laughs> all right, now listen. You know how we're in the correcting culture, the Me Too movement, yada, yep, yada, yada, yep. the cancel culture. Um, now, Patch is a hula hand, or Patch is... <laughs> Everything is says... It's supposed to be offensive, right? So yeah, I think the movie he's gets supposed to be terrible. Right, he's supposed to be terrible. All right, so we're good. Yeah, he's, he says terrible things. He meets a terrible end. We're fine with it. It's <laughs> that's true. He does meet a terrible end. By the way, uh, quick quick tangent. I, I know yeah. the listeners are probably like, "Oh God, this is a tangent." <laughs> um, well, that's but, what so a couple years back, about a decade ago, I was, I was directing a play, and um, I cast Justin Long's brother Ooh. in the show. Now. 
this is kind of cool. Like the whole family is remarkably tight with each other. And this actor did a lot of community stuff in the area that I directed it in. And Justin would always come see his shows to support his brother. I was like, I was like, that's awesome. So like Justin Long at the height of his career is coming to like small town community theater just to watch his, his older brother perform. Awesome. So he comes one night to see this show. And by the way, this, this run of the show is preposterous. It was four performances in like really ritzy Connecticut. So I had Justin Long coming one night. I had Chaz Palminteri coming another night because he was friends with the mom of one of the actresses. It was, it was an, a surreal experience. But anyway, so Justin Long is at my show and I'm trying to play it cool. Like I'm trying to be like, hey man, like nice to meet you. Thanks for coming. But you know, we're, it's after the show. We're just chatting in a kind of a circle. And I just say to him, I was like, I just love, I love Dodgeball. I was like, I can't, I'm sure you get it from everybody. Like, you know, all these other movies they talk about. And he says, no, he told me, and I don't know if this still is true. The oh. movie that it gets stopped about the most is Dodgeball. And people ask him about that. So it is definitely uh, a height on his career, but um, really cool guy. Really cool guy. Just nice. yeah. awesome. Good really stuff. Awesome. I like that when that happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you say something that people are cool, that's cool. And and by the way, Chaz Palminteri, very cool. Very oh, cool. Freaking cool. Cool. Yeah. Guy uh, comes to my performance it, and he stays. Was he as in, was he as intimidating as he is on like like oh, movies? Like, was it did it mess oh, you yeah. up like looking at his face kind of thing? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, he comes in and his he was friend. His wife was friends with the mom of one of my actresses in that show, so they come to the performance and like it was weird because like like half the crowd knew who he was and they're trying to be like oh god like it's Chas Palminteri it's kind of cool and half of them didn't know but like he came and they were chatting after the performance and that was the final performance so he he just stayed for the cast party and he's just talking to the actors and and it wasn't like anybody was like asking questions about like Bronx Tale and all these other things he was actually asking them questions about their careers and like like what kind of what's your process for doing this and like how do you tackle that line or like what was it like to rehearse that scene so it was it was really kind of awesome to watch it and he just made these folks feel really good about talking to a guy like Chaz because um yeah so like as soon as I saw that I was like this guy's getting a free pass for me for the rest of his life so yeah like the same thing happened when uh I saw I saw Ian McShane in real life too Mm, I saw mm -hmm. Ian McShane and Michael Shannon in real life in the same day and those faces those mugs you cannot like look away like you're no. just like it's hard it, it's like the light shines on them it's you know mm-hmm. how like the it factor you always talk about act like you cannot <laughs> like you don't mean to stare but you can't help it. you're like there's like a, a person there's a body here with a television on it because there's no way that's a real face it's like that I love pretty it. awesome yeah i love it so there you go good stuff um all right for my final piece yeah what you week. got what you got Ben, I'm a little worried. I'm Uh-oh. concerned. Um, I'm. I don't know if I like Loki. I don't know if I'm into it. Well, I'm on episode two. I didn't watch three yet. I'm about so to when I'm we end this. Not going to spoil anything for you. Okay. But I've watched. I've watched three. Okay. I feel like I'm still waiting for something to happen, and I kind of feel that way in episode two as well. Right. It could. You know, for me, it continued. I felt that same way at episode uh, two. Even though it kind of left on a cliffhanger, I'm still like, eh, you know, whatever. Um, but with episode three, it just kind of continues on. And I'm just like, when is one of the stakes going to get raised here? Like, when is it going to yeah. be like, and I know I should trust Mark. Like, I'm not, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, I know something's going to happen like episode four or five. That's going to like blow my mind and whatnot. But it, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, 
with WandaVision and and even Captain America and the Winter Soldier, like I started to see what they were building towards by yeah. like the end of episode two. I don't know what's happening with, with Loki. And it's and with the problem that I have and what's kind of concerning me is when I saw the trailers that came out and I was like, holy shit, that's gonna be awesome. A lot of those clips have already happened and they happened mm. in context that I didn't think were like in the show. So like like it hasn't it hasn't panned out the way that I thought it would. The trailers thought it you know made me think it was. And uh, I just wanted your thoughts on on Loki and 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 what you've seen. I know we talked about it last episode about how excited yeah. we were about it. Yeah. And how it just has not panned out. But I wanted your thoughts real quick. Well, you know what, Chris? I think we like these other shows, like the WandaVision and, and Captain America. I think episode four is the turning point. Mm-hmm. I think we're we. They actually called it. I was reading an article. It was like notes getting ready for the mid season finale. Mm-hmm. And if you can recall. Think about the first, at least the first two episodes of WandaVision and think about the first four episodes of Captain America Winter Soldier until um, shitty captain kills the dude with the shield mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and everyone's filming. Once that happens in that show, that show flips on its head and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I get it. We're here. Right, I think right. that I had some hesitation too, not as much hesitation as I have now with this one, but I had that kind of, uh, I don't know, guys kind of feeling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. going on. I was like, it was good enough. It was kind of like watching the A team in the eighties or something. I was like, eh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, and then when that happened, I was like, all right, we're back in the Marvel universe. This all makes sense. So I'm hoping at the end of episode four, they bring it all back. I think that's what you're kind of building up to is Mm -hmm. and you know what it's a slow play you know this whole thing is a slow play listen we're on 23 movies in the mcu we're on two series two and a half series we're about to have another movie coming up i i think we just have to let it give time i mean now are you disappointed in that you have tom middleston and you have freaking uh owen wilson Mm -hmm. you know what they're capable of yeah i don't think Either they didn't let these guys play enough and do improv or they just don't have enough to play. The lines could be a little funnier. Mm-hmm. The situations could like if you're going to just waste my time and dick around for four episodes, let's have some really, really, really funny meta stuff. You know what I mean? Let's have a right. conversation at the urinals or something like that. Let's have, I don't know, something super irreverent. Let's have this mo- like if we're stuck in kind of the seventh ring of hell, because that's what's kind of happening to me in my head. We're kind of like in Dante's Inferno. Let's mm-hmm. have some clerks references or something like that. Let's do, let's go off the wall. Let's go nuts. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. what are we doing here? Like, let's do some irreverent humor. And I just, they had little pieces of it. There's a couple side actors that have some interaction with Loki and stuff. And I don't know why they haven't just gone all the way with it. Like in Thor Ragnarok, that is the that be, that movie between that and Guardians of the Galaxy one was the beginning of irreverent humor in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Without those guys, we would just have stoic Captain America like on your left. We'd have like all these like, but like with those guys, you have a little humor. You have a little kind of you know snippy little dialogue. I, I just I don't know. Is that what you're feeling, Chris? Yeah, it just it, it's one of those things where it's like this this could be better. Like I'm, yes. you know, it, and it's rare for me with a Marvel project that I'm like, at by the end of it, I'm thinking to myself, this could be better. Um, but yeah, like I think you nailed it with like the talents involved. 
Um, It's almost like with guys like, you know, Hiddleston and and Owen Wilson, it's almost like you don't need to even give them dialogue. It's like, just tell them what the scene is like and let them cook and let them go off and and do improv or whatever it is. Uh, Because these guys are just that good at it. And um, it just, it just feels like, and I'm starting to wonder if like this new phase that we're building towards something who knows is going to, is, is, is like Marvel getting in their own head thinking that they have to match or surpass Endgame, the build up to that. And therefore you get all these different things that are happening. Because if you look at what happened in episode one, spoiler alert, uh, when he finds the infinity stones in the right. desk drawer and realizes that like, they mean, really mean nothing in the total equation. That, that moment right there is like, Oh wow, this is, this is what the whole phase the next phase right. could be based on. Like, Holy shit. Um, but we, it, it, after that, it just drags and we don't revisit that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I'm yeah, like, hoping to that, get it. Like, you know what? Like it's, you know what? That's a great point because, and let's go back to one of the, you know, a show that was very popular, but one a show that I hated right from the jump is the show lost, right? Everyone was mm-hmm. watching lost yep. parties and stuff. And the reason why is you would have these unexplained things happen. Characters would witness them. And then not report back to the other characters that they just saw a smoke monster or fucking like three people just died over here. And it didn't right. make any sense. And like right from the jump, I'm like, all right, this is a dream or something stupid. You know what I mean? JR is going to wake up. He didn't really get shot. So I I, I kind of knew from the beginning. And like it, it's slow. I, like I called my shot on that one and everyone hated it for me. <laughs> my crew up here hated it. And I was like, because I'm right. This is stupid. Like if I went to the bat, like it, you're having a cigarette out back and a smoke monitor smoke monster ate you i'm gonna come back in and say hey hey hey, this shit just happened out there now i'm not gonna walk back to the beach and just oh are we building a raft today or something like so stupid and so the same thing happened right there too it's like either maybe they're coming up with a good excuse why you didn't do that but yeah seeing infinity stones and realizing that in this world my magic doesn't work i'm totally controlled and these infinity stones stones that end up being my demise and derailing the universe mean nothing in this realm. Right. There's no weight to it. And I know mm-hmm. Loki's the God of mischief and stuff. And maybe we just don't know what Loki's end game is. Maybe we don't know why he's being so nice and stuff. I get that. And this is not Thor Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok Loki. This is, I'm still a dick Loki after Avengers one. So that's what you have to keep in your mind. He's not, friends with thor yet he's a total tool you know what i mean making mm-hmm. everyone bow down on their knees and stuff and i get that but i think they kind of want to have their cake and eat it too i think if you're gonna make loki a villain and have him be the main character have him be a villain trying to murder everyone at every corner i think they're kind of easing up on it i i don't know i just kind of don't know yeah. if they've made a commitment either way and i hate to say this about tom middleson he's a freaking great actor he's a great character if if you know and I think that's where I'm kind of lost is like Loki from the first Avengers movie is a pure villain. He's going mm-hmm. to enslave the human race and then enslave the universe and like put his dad in a coma. He's a dick. It's not it's not like he's like charming and kind of like, oh, Thor, I'm going to push you off a cliff now. Like, it's not like funny. Ha ha villain. He's going to kill us all <laughs> and make right. us our slaves. And then I don't know, Chris, I, I think they just want to have funny loki and villain loki at the same time and they haven't given me an excuse why villain loki is going along with this yet i, I don't know i don't know yeah yet. yeah i don't so know we'll maybe uh, we're gonna wait for episode four so we said all this going into episode four so next time we're on the air we're gonna 
maybe we're totally wrong. Hopefully we're totally wrong. Right. Yeah. We'll see. So yeah. who knows? I mean, you know, three weeks from now, I could be like, well, what an idiot I was, you know, who knows? But, <laughs> um, you know, we'll see on that end, but good stuff, man. All right, let's go YouTube my friend. Let's do it. We're going. What do you got? All right. So like I said, show Otani, check him out. All the clips on YouTube. Um, then, uh, so, uh, Steve-O, Steve-O's Wild Ride. Chris, have you seen his little podcast thing that he does? No, I haven't yet, no. Um, on YouTube, look up Steve-O's Wild Ride. And so he does a podcast, but they have um, video clips. And he's interviewing Eric Andre. He interviews a bunch of the jackass guys like Chris Pontus and all these guys. And they're great little clips. He actually interviews Shaq on there. There's some really <laughs> funny clips. Um, it's hilarious. I went through his whole page. They're really great. Um so the one I have on here is um, Steve-O's legendary run-in with the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> and it's him interviewing Eric Andre. And Eric Andre goes, Steve-O, I don't know if you've told it on your podcast. You need to tell the story about the Wu-Tang story, the ODB story. And it is one of the craziest stories you'll ever hear. And it's a thousand percent real. And let me tell you, Steve-O is in recovery now. He's sober. So it's kind of Steve-O like a little tame, which is kind of nice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's sitting back kind of drinking his coffee. He's not so extreme, and so, but he's made a lot of friends on the way up to this moment. So everyone on this podcast loves him. It's it's kind of nice, you know what I mean, Chris? It's not like uh, full yeah. throttle. Yeah, dude. It's not like crazy. He's still funny, but in a, in he's intelligible. Funny way. You can he's follow. He's actually yeah. intelligible, and actually yeah. the interviews are really good. And um, he has a couple people on the podcast. Um that help him along to help to keep the interview on the rails. So he interviews, uh, Tony Hawk, everyone. It's great, great going through the clips and they're all about like three, four minutes long, but this one with Eric Andre is 10 minutes long. It's great. Um, so I mean, yeah. this is awesome. Cause what's awesome is like, I, I can see the clips here with Eric Andre. And then as mm -hmm. you scroll down, you can see like Raekwon talking about it. And oh, then yeah. you got talking about it. And I'm like, Oh man, this must be, if there are two different, um, <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm yeah, that's it. a must. I just I just subscribed. Oh, I, oh, he interviews Jonathan Davis too. Oh. oh, oh, it keeps going. It's great. Um, and then but my number one pick of the week, Chris. Please, please. Three minutes, fifteen second video. Deep fake. Are you familiar with deep fakes? Yep. Yep. 007 starring Jim Carrey. <laughs> This guy named Jarkan, J-A-R-K-A-N, deep fake, 007 starring Jim Carrey. I think it's from, um, what's the, oh my God, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, clips from Tomorrow Never Dies, and The oh, World I'm Is Not Enough. It. Yeah. And it is, oh. it's probably the best deep fake I have ever seen in my life. And I've watched them all. I've watched the Bill Hader ones. I've watched the Arnold ones, the Tom Cruise ones. And uh, let me tell you. This is – there's something about Jim Carrey's bone structure. They're taking a lot from Liar Liar, I think, a lot from Dumb and Dumber. But, man, it matches up pretty freaking awesome. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and they don't change the voice at all. It's still Pierce Brosnan's voice. And you can watch this, and it's pretty – it's jarring. It's great. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Technology's great. And so, like, I love – yeah, not a lot of deep fakes get me, but this one got me. And I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. That's amazing. Oh, they also do it with Joker, too, where he's Joker. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that one, yeah. All right. This is good the newest stuff, one. Man. This one just came out this week. It's good stuff. Um, I only have one. There's a guy that um, does some really great videos. These, these compilation videos 
of um, people singing show tunes. And uh, I'm going to get you his name because it really is. It's Mr. Go Lightly. That's his, that's his handle. And Mr. Go Lightly um, will find these compilation videos and do these compilation videos of like who sang this note the best. And he does, he, I don't know how he finds all this stuff or does it, but it, like, you know, a song like Memory from Cats, he'll do. Mm. And, and you'll find like 12 people that sung that song, videos of them singing it, and who sang this one note best. And it's just over and over again, like a different clip from a same person singing the same line. Oh, wow. Look at these. That's wild. Yeah. So I, I looked at the one where it's like, who sang this note from memory, this, from Cats, the best. And while I'm watching this video, one of the people that sings it is Celine Dion. Now, normally that wouldn't be like news. Like, oh, okay, it's a power ballad. Celine Dion's going to sing it. Right. No, no. This is Celine Dion when she's 19 years old, back in 1987. Better Whoa. yet, she's on a Canadian talk show um, singing it, and she's singing it in full Cats costume. Has she ever been in a production of Cats? Absolutely not. She just happened to decide to perform this song when she was 19 years old uh, in full Cats costume and absolutely freaking crushes it and you know you can actually watch the entire song separately by just looking up celine dion memory but um it's incredible and it's one of those like she's 19 years old she doesn't speak a lick of english the only english she knows is literally the lyrics from cats and she is killing it and it's one of those things where it's like it's almost like watching like lebron in middle school like this guy's, <laughs> this guy is going to go on to become one of the greatest of all time. And you're watching him at middle school, seeing the beginnings of the brilliance. Same thing with Celine. Like she's doing vocal riffs and runs in this performance that are like decades beyond her. And the fact that she's doing this at 19 kind of proves the fact that if anybody wants to say like greatest vocalists of the 20th century, like if Celine Dion's on in the top five, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you because like it's incredible watching her put this performance in so anybody out there who loves singing the art of singing who might be a celine dion fan whatever it is just look that up celine dion memory on youtube you will not be disappointed actually i tweeted yeah. out the video on our on our uh on stage blogs instagram and twitter account so you can kind of watch a clip there um it's it's awesome so there you go yeah this guy has great videos it's awesome i'm just great scrolling videos. down yeah great yeah stuff. like one of my favorite is uh who sang a certain line from the song from Jesus Christ Superstar called Gethsemane. And mm -hmm. it's a really high pitched note. So like mm -hmm. you've got all these like hard rockers trying to like nail this really high D it's like, they got like Sebastian Bach and like all these other guys. It's awesome. So yeah, definitely check that out. So awesome, man. Sweet deal. Good, good stuff. You got anything else this week? Anything else you want to mention real quick? Tapped out, bro. Tapped out. We, we covered a lot. This we covered a, a lot. Keep watching baseball. Uh, I don't know if he hit another home run while we were talking, but watch Probably. some Shoei Otani this Wednesday. Watch him kick Yankees' ass. Good stuff, dude. Good stuff, man. All right, folks. We'll see you right here next week on Desperately Seeking Entertainment.